Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Welcome to episode nine of This Spiritual Fix. Today, we're going to be talking about the culture of spirituality and how the changing world can sometimes change you and your practices. We're going to be talking about the new age versus the now age and how those different things can really affect the way that we see our spiritual lives. Stay tuned. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Hello. Hi, Anna. Welcome to The Spiritual Fix. Hello. How are you, Christina? I'm good. How is everybody out there? How's everybody? Check in. How are you doing? (laughs) Take a deep breath. Maybe longer than that. So what's going on, Anna? Nothing. I wanted to share with you an interesting thing that happened. Yeah. Um, So as you know, I love to do past life regressions. So it started when I was about 16. My high school friend and I got really interested in Brian Weiss. And he wrote Many Lives, Many Masters. And he's a PhD psychologist. And he basically used hypnosis and accidentally found that like during hypnotic sessions, people could go back and remember past lives. Now that's an episode for another day. If you want to argue whether past lives are real or not, I believe they are real. I've had plenty of experiences to test to me that they're real. And I've read plenty of accounts of people saying that they're real. It's been how many, I can't do the math, 25 years. I've been giving myself and friends past life regressions Mm -hmm. with wonderful, amazing results. So Earlier this week, I gave myself a past life regression and I was trying, my question was, because I wanted to understand something about my relationship with my daughter. You know, I just put the intention out there that I wanted to go back and see a past life memory where, um, where my daughter and I were together, if there was one. So I go back and I see this memory of me that I am on the back of a black horse and I'm hugging a soldier, you know, hugging around mm-hmm. his waist and he's riding. And my sense was... There had been a big, either like a civil war or a war or a village had been invaded or something, but something traumatic had happened and I was all alone. I had lost my family and this soldier scooped me up, put me on the back of his horse and took me to a neighboring village where he dropped me off at a widow's, widow's home who ended up raising me. And my, my now daughter was also an orphan that was raised by this woman. So that's where we met. 
this in this memory, it was like, I must have been speaking Gaelic or maybe I was a Druid. I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure what my background was, but I know he took me to this neighbor village where they spoke a different language and I was a sudden orphan. So there was that memory and I went into to, to understand stuff about me and my daughter. Then later on that day, my son says out of the blue, keep in mind, I did not tell anyone about this regression. My son says, mommy, mommy, in a past life, our dog was a black horse and I was a soldier. Like he just said it out of the blue. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like in the memory, I had no recollection of knowing the horse or the soldier. And I said, um, I said, Axel, what did you say? He's like, yeah, mommy, uh, Iman used to be a horse. He was a black horse and I was, he was mine and I was a soldier. And I'm like, what in the world? And I was like, just, just, just test him, you know, cause kids are so filter for, you know, they don't have the, they don't have the filter that we do. Right. It's just like, so, so was I in that life? He goes, yeah, mom, you were there. And I'm like, who was I? He's like, you were a little girl. I go, how old was I? He goes, you were four. And it was just like, what? The soldier, the black horse and the little girl. Wow. It was like, what are the freaking odds? What are the odds of that? So That's of insane. course the hair on my my back like stood up, you know, like, I'm just like, oh my gosh. So my son saved me in a past life. And took you to your daughter. And took me to my daughter. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. I love it. I can't wait for your, your past life regression episode. I'm really (laughs) excited about that. Um, cool. So today we are going to be talking about the now versus the new age. And the reason that I want to talk about this is because for context, the new age is like what started in the seventies with like, Louise Hay, right? Uh, well, she wasn't the start of it, but that was like one of the many things, right? It was like, um, it was a cultural revolution. So it becomes a spiritual revolution as well. Right. Um, I kind of, like I said, I have this theory that, that like the wave of feminism usually precedes uh, the wave of feminine usually precedes, you know, cultural revolution, which then like has a spiritual revolution and stuff like that along with it. Um, and then, so the now age is what we consider to be now, right? So some people say it's the, um, we're now in the age of awakening and we were in the age of faith. But the reason that I want to bring it up is because I feel like there's been a lot of flack on the new age, like a lot of flack. Um, you'll hear stuff like toxic positivity, fear fear mongering there's like there's like all sorts of stuff and yeah they'll make fun of it yeah people make fun I mean people have always made fun of the new age there's no doubt about that because people are like oh I'm gonna be airy fairy and I'm just gonna do whatever but like there was a lot of good things that happened in the new age and then that evolves and I think that everybody has a tendency to just like poo-poo their parents like experience religious or spiritual um which is probably some of what we're seeing right now but i also think it's really interesting to like point out both of them and kind of see where we've evolved in terms of like our mass understanding of spirituality because i think one in five people in this country now are non-denominational spiritual like they're non-denominational like like they're not doing anything other than I am just spiritual. So that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. How many are atheists? Do you know? I don't. I don't. But I think it's a pretty small percentage. Yeah. In the whole thing, I think that there's a lot of agnostic, and I think agnostic falls under non-denominational spiritual. Like I just don't really know. Um, but I I'm not religious, right? And so that's what we're seeing so much is that, you know. Back in the new age, people were rejecting Catholicism as it was back then, or they're rejecting like whatever religious things they had. And now their kids are going a step further 
and saying, I am actually very spiritual, but I'm not the spiritual that, you know, my parents had to get taught and had to break away from, Mm -hmm. or some of the people did. So, so yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Some people say that the new age started in 1970. Other people say it starts in 1980, but almost all of them agree that the new age stopped on December 20th, 2012. Which is really interesting. Why? I think it had to do with like the mind. 12, 12, 12. Yeah, well, it's 12, 21, 12, like all, you know, because there was like all the Mayan calendar stuff. Everyone thought the end of the world was oh. going to happen in 2012, but it was just like came in ushering in a new era. It's interesting too, because the now age, the term, the now age, I always think of it as the power of now, like Eckhart Tolle's book that came out in 1997 and then took obviously a while to kind of seep into the mainstream culture. But like the now age also it indicates like social media and like, I'm going to be looking on social media and I'm going to be doing this kind of stuff because everything is available now. Like you don't have to wait for information. You can just go find it right now. So there's like, there's a parallel in the rise of technology with the rise of this new age of spirituality. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about first the new age and kind of what were the hallmark things about the new age and what were kind of the cons of the new age, right? Because it's really, I think it's really important to recognize being like Hey House publishing company. Yep. White Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, trying to think of the Marian Williamson, uh, or is she more? Well, because she's lasted. I mean, a lot of these people have lasted. I would say like Eckhart Tolle, Marian Williamson, are more now. Are more now. Um, a Course in Miracles, like the original Course in Miracles, people were in the New Age because that was like totally came out in the seventies. But that's obviously like evolving. Um, and Marion Williamson is obviously a teacher of the Course in Miracles. And then also I would say Abraham Hicks uh, and all these uh, Lazarus, like all the people who got channeled back in the day are all the new age people. And okay. the now age people are, I, it's a little bit of a mix of consumerism. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of manifesting. It's like, how can I manifest my desires? How can I manifest stuff? But what I think is interesting and what I'll get into is how like manifesting was versus how manifesting is and like how dark practices were largely kind of ignored sometimes in the new age, but now they're like very much a part of the now age. Okay. So the first thing um, is that the reason that the new age was called the new age was it had to do with the age of Aquarius, right? And so for those of you guys who don't know about the procession of the equinox, technically the ages are 26,000 years, I think, something along those lines. And it's when the wobble, like the axis of the earth is wobbling all the time, right? Like in case y'all didn't know that. Astrologically and astronomically, the axis of the world is pointing towards a certain zodiac sign mm-hmm. at a certain time. And it goes backwards. So like usually it goes Aries, Taurus, Gemini, but in this situation, it's actually like going backwards. So it's like Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn. Cause right. we were in Pisces. We were in Which Pisces. was like Jesus and fish. war and kind of very like tumultuous, mm-hmm. tumultuous times. Obviously 26,000 years is beyond what historians say is a recorded thing of human culture because the uh, agricultural revolutions of all this stuff was like only like 14,000 years ago or maybe like 10,000 years ago. I don't know for sure, but like, you know, the Egyptian dynasties are only like 12,000 years ago. So it's like, or 12,000 BC. uh, So 14,000 years ago, but you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, are we actually in the age of Aquarius now versus whatever? It looks like we are. It looks like, you know, you can say all sorts of stuff like astronomically versus astrologically. And it's kind of hard, kind of hard to say what's actually going on. But this is the dawning <laughs> of the age of Aquarius. Um, but 
That song is to me the quintessential new age song because it talks about the harmony age of, and understanding. Yeah, it talks it talks about astrological stuff. So it talks about the age of Aquarius, but then it goes into let the sun shine in. I love okay. that. Okay, and so let the sun sun shine in is the indicative of the fact that the New Age movement moved everything that was all the mystery schools, all the esoteric language, all the esoteric teachings, and brought them into the light. It let the sun shine in, right? And so they were like breaking ground. Like it's like these these you know, occult stuff that no one knew anything about. I mean, like spiritualism kind of brought it out. Like, you know, um, Steiner brought stuff out. There was like a whole bunch of people who had brought stuff out over the last, but it was like kind of a club. And it was like, if you weren't a part of the club, you didn't know. Right. But now it was like, okay, we're going to be writing a book like Timothy Leary writing books about psychedelics, um, and doing the Tibetan book of the dead and like all these things that were happening, it was just like this total burst of the cultural revolution, but it was a spiritual revolution as well, because you're like, Oh my God, there's so many possibilities and I can go on guided journeys and I can channel. Like I remember, um, Carol, the woman I used to live with, she was, she told me about the first time she ever channeled and she was saying that she like went to some sort of revival. It was like some sort of um, church revival? I think it was like more of a spiritual new age revival. Like I think it was like where everyone was getting read like psychically. And she said, she said, uh, that she was there and she kind of got the sense that there was something there. And then she was driving home and she was in the passenger seat. She looks over the driver and she says, I think there are two very large beings in the back seat of this car. Like, cause she could just suddenly sense them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she was able to channel them from then on. But you know, like it was like this total awakening time of like, not only was it about let the sun shine in on the esoteric stuff, but it was also about love and how love was so, so important. Right. And then fast forward to like the transition period between the new and the now age and you get the secret, right? So the secret came out, what, in the late nineties, I think maybe the book was a little bit earlier. You kind of get this interesting mix of like the beginnings of the now age is like, let's mix science. So let's mix quantum physics and things like that with, uh, with this understanding of, of what we're, we're doing now. 2006 was the secret. Oh, wow. So yeah. So it was like well into the transition period. So those are the positive, some of the positive things that the new age did, right? It like really did herald in this whole idea of. It was a catalyst for a lot of change. And it was, it was massive to the people who went through it at the time. Mm -hmm. Like it was just so big. Like we wouldn't have Hay House if it wasn't for. Hay House is the self-help publishing company. Is the self-publishing company. Exactly. But one of the things, one of the criticisms, um, is that, the toxic positivity is the toxic positivity, right? There's actually two things that I want to talk about. One is about toxic positivity. The other is about like high vibes and how I'm like always having the highest vibe, which is something the now age says too. But, and, and then the third thing, so actually three things, uh, is spiritual bypass is bypassing. Right. Right. Okay. So actually toxic positivity is the idea that you are faking it until you make it. So we actually talked about this with the new Kadampa tradition Mm -hmm. and how, they encouraged you to do spiritual bypass, which is this idea that like, I'm just going to pretend that I'm happy and then I'll be happy. And it's such a lie because the whole point I think of, of being present is to recognize where you are. So if the analogy I like to think of with the toxic positivity, if I'm like traveling from California to Georgia, I'm going to have to go through, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, 
Louisiana, Alabama. And if I'm driving there and I'm in Texas and I'm acting like I'm in Georgia already or pretending that I'm in Alabama, it's ridiculous. Like you are where you are. So there's steps to get to where you're going and like to think like I'm going to behave like Buddha. I'm going to act and talk like Marion Williamson. I'm going to act and talk like Eckhart Tolle. That's like acting like you're in Georgia when you're still in Texas or New Mexico. Like honor the practice, honor the process, honor where you are, like be real and honest about where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the toxic part of the toxic positivity is particularly about to the detriment of others. So if you have a tendency to do it to other people, you're going to feel fine. You you feel totally fine. Oh, you'll get over it. Oh, you'll do like these kind of like dismissive ideas of like, just think, just think to the highest, only look at the good things. Uh, you know, that, that is the real criticism of toxic positivity. Yeah. I, yeah. I know somebody who does that a lot. It's like, let's not address any, any, any quote negative emotions and only focus on the positive and only speak positively and only speak affirmatively. Right. And I think that can actually be toxic. Yeah. And so what that does is it encourages bypass. And I, I actually am going to do an entire, I think I might do an entire future episode on bypass, but there was this really great article by a guy, which I will, um, link in the show notes. And it talks about, I think he has like 10 different types of bypass. He has by by positivity bypass, which is AKA bliss bypass, the tendency to feign positivity bliss and an effort to sidestep or rise above the unhealed shadow often associated with the ungrounded. It's all good mantra. What was this? But before we get into that, what was the second thing? So you said toxic positivity, something else, and then spiritual bypass. What was the second thing? Uh, The second one was about saying I resonate at a higher vibe. Right. Can you explain that? Yeah, yeah. I'll get into that in a second. Oh, okay. I was just going to go straight into spiritual Sorry. bypass. That's Sorry. okay. Uh, I was going to come back to it. I just, okay. No, no, I, did no. I was just, order. don't want to miss it. So, so with spiritual bypass, the, the entire idea is that like, in theory, emotions sit, like if you want to look at it in a chakra system, right? So like you're trying to, your kundalini sits at the bottom of your spine and it's like a piece of energy or whatever, or in yoga, it's like you have this kind of energy and the energy needs to rise up through your body till it reaches the heavens, if you want to think about that, right? And so when you're in yoga, my yoga teacher in particular, um, Acharya Swami Jayadevi, she talked about how first you go through this kind of experience of survival with the emotion, and then you have to go through the abandonment. You have to go through all the different experiences in the body, and then you have to go through this experience of moving from the power center, which is in your third chakra, up to your heart, People who do spiritual bypass go straight from three, they go straight from the third chakra in the solar plexus to the voice and they don't have to put it through their heart, right? Because in the heart is where sits the divine feminine. It's where you feel it. It's where you have to go through dark practices. Like the heart is a transformational zone within our bodies. And if we choose to bypass our heart and feeling the emotion and just like, or feeling the knowledge or feeling whatever it is that comes to us, like if we just choose to bypass our heart, then we are not surrendering to a higher power. We are not surrendering to ourselves. We're not like, we're not, we're skipping the step of surrender, which means that what's coming out of our our mouths is just a load of bull crap. Like it's just a whole bunch of whatever, because we're just going straight from wanting power to using our voice to get power as opposed to doing it through love, through the heart chakra. I think, I think that that is more likely to happen to people who really intellectualize their emotions. Mm -hmm. That's like the people who are like in their quote unquote in their head, they're more likely to do that. Wouldn't you think? I would think so. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. And so, so that's, that's particularly in the case of, um, there are a couple of teachers 
you could say who do spiritual bypass, how they just talk because they want to get power and they know how to get power that way. But for tox people who are doing toxic positivity, they're really not encouraging you to do the dark practices. And I'm going to do a future episode on the dark practices, but the dark practices are not evil practices. They're not black magic. They're not any of that Is kind of shadow stuff. work. So- it's shadow work. Okay. It's shadow work. It's, it's, I have some stuff. I got some stuff that's really affecting the way that I behave. It's really doing all this. And I'm going to deal with it because I need to process that emotion. I want to unstuck. I want to unstick that emotion. I want to kind of. I want to love all parts of me. I want to love all parts of me. Exactly. So. Not just the happy ones. Exactly. So, and then the last thing that I want to talk about with the new age, um, which is a criticism of the new age is like this whole idea of like, I'm on a higher vibe than you. I am so guilty of doing this. I totally do it. I do. Like what? I'm more spiritual than you are and therefore I'm better kind of thing. It, It has to do with frequency. Like it has to do with the frequency of like saying, I'm, well, I'm just on a different level than you. I'm on a different level of spiritual development. So it's dismissing others because you think you're better than them. It's spiritual supremacy. Okay. It comes comes across as spiritual narcissism. Mm -hmm. I think that the now age Jews does a lot more spiritual narcissism, but it's like a spiritual supremacy that says that, you know, I don't have to do this because I'm above it. I can't get sick because I'm above it. All right. I don't have to wear a mask because... I'm not afraid of this virus. That, exactly. So it's like this this whole idea that like I, I vibrate on a certain level. That may be true. That may be totally true. And you may have something figured out, but at the same time, you also live in a community of people. Right. So it's kind of important to like recognize that I, I don't even say higher anymore. I just say faster because there is, there is something to be said with the fact that we are some, some things and some ex- aspects of our lives we deal with are faster or slower and that denser things like denser experiences are slower because that's just like a kind of metaphysical explanation of it. Right. I did um, Matt Kahn's course, the 10 spiritual laws of success. And I love what he says it, of um, he calls them slower emotions and faster emotions. He's like, you know, grief, depression, anger, they're not lower. They're just slower. Like they make you pause and stop and really integrate and, and listen. And they're not lower. And I like that. So it's no longer a ranking system of like, I need to not feel sad. I need to not feel bad. Like feel those things. They're just making, slowing you down. And, and not in the sense of like, there's a race and you're slow, but like they're making you slow down and reflect. And that's actually beautiful. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I really like that explanation. Yeah. I love, I love that guy. <laughs> so, so going from there and going into the now age, I want to use the example of manifestation to kind of show how this, this changes, right? So the secret came out in 2006, like you said. So it, it's definitely telltale and new age, right? But it became extremely popular extremely quickly, right? Because you already had a set of an audience of the new age who were going to be the like... the author manifested the success. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I read the book, The Secret, and I saw the movie. And actually... It was a copycat of a book, lesser known book. I believe it was a copycat of a lesser known book called Creative Visualization by mm-hmm. Shakti Gaiwan that was that came out in the 70s. And I read that in the 80s or 90s. And it was wonderful. It was all about just like how you visualize what you want, make a vision board and and, and manifest things. So the secret is very similar. 
I don't remember exactly the details of the secret because I remember thinking, this is just creative visualization. But the idea was just that there is a law of attraction out there. And if you focus on what you want and give it quote unquote positive energy, meaning like not giving it longing or wanting energy, which just generates more longing and wanting, but gives it an, give it an energy of like, it's here and it's now and I'm owning it then you will manifest it and draw it towards you because the universe is just a big copy machine. It'll just give you whatever, whatever energy you're putting out, it'll give it right back. Right. And then there was a lot of spinoffs off of that. Like, um, there's books called the secret behind the secret where they help you understand that you have subconscious blocks. Maybe you, you don't believe you deserve it. Like you're doing all this manifestation work and it's not working. Well, why? Maybe because you have a block. Maybe you think you don't deserve it. Maybe you think that there's some secondary gain to not having the thing you want. So, Beyond the secret were other books, which I thought in some ways were better because they kind of forced you to look at your blocks to receiving the things that you wanted. Right. But anyways. That to me is more indicative of the now age. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like a good indicator of the new age with manifestation is visualize it, don't want it, and you're good. Let's just look at the positive. You're going towards, to use our NOP language, you're going towards what you want, right? As opposed to what do you have to leave behind in order to get there? And I think that that is, um, uh, to give you another example, there's a, a website called to be magnetic and there's a teacher called Lacey Phillips and she is a recent manifestation teacher. And she talks about in so much detail, like she, she uses hypnosis and theta waves, um, in visualizations to be able to unblock all your stuff. She reparents you. She does all this other stuff. Like she goes into so much detail using, this this is Lacey Phillips. I think, you know, she's into be magnetic. Yeah. She goes into so much detail in order to not only give you a very clear method for manifesting the future, which is, Oh, you need an expander. You need somebody who's going to, who has the thing you want that you're going to be able to like see, um, that you're using as your expander, but you also have to create windows that are open that can allow you the thing to come in. Like you can't just like, you know, it's like, it's like wanting to win the lottery without buying a lottery ticket. Like you have to create windows to do it. But then also like reparenting all your stuff, like getting rid of all your shadow, doing all your shadow work so that you can manifest more fully because you recognize that you actually want something or like, and and she says, as a great example, like the tests that come at you are like examples of like, oh, well you, you're going to be content with 90% of what you want. That's not okay. It's not okay to be content with just 90% of what you want because you don't think you're worth it. Okay, so now we have to go back and figure why don't you think you're worth 100% of what you want, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like that's the hallmark. Did you do her course? I did, oh, I okay. did. Um, I think that is the, um, I did her course, uh, yeah, for about six months. I okay. did all, a lot of the different things. Um, the uh, And so what I think the Now Age talks about in particular is this whole idea that it's like, I feel bad and that's okay. My negative emotions are just as valid as my positive emotions. If I have negative emotions, let's figure out why, right? It's all about shadow work. It's all about love and accept them and not like run from them. Right, exactly. And so, you know, it's a lot about self-love. And I think that that's the part of the the now age that I say, okay, I'm a practitioner of the now age is because it's all about self-love. It's not necessarily about loving others. That's definitely in there, right? Like the age of love that all happened in the 60s and the, you know, the summer of love and stuff like that. It's not necessarily about loving others. It's more about how do I love myself more fully? Like how do I actually become in myself and deal with all the other stuff and actually be able to do that? So a great example of this is Robbie, our teacher. 
there was this one place that I went to that was really, really terrible. It was negative. It was like a hellhole, basically. And Robbie, I, I, I didn't... To, to just clarify, Chris went to basically a haunted property and with her psychic abilities was able to perceive a direct portal hole to hell, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I brought Robbie in to help and she cleared the property. And it was really interesting because she said that in her process, she normally would go in covered in light, like psychically go in covered in light because the light would like burn everything else that came near her. Mm-hmm. And what she recognized was that in order to go into this situation, she couldn't do that. She had to go in completely unprotected, quote unquote, unprotected, because the only way that she could do it was by now, because like the light would attract everything like a moth to a flame, right? So the way that she needed to go in was surreptitiously and just like, I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to be me and I am safe. I have enough ability to deal with whatever comes at me, good or bad. And I don't have to have this massive protective light around me trying to burn everything off because that's actually going to put me in more danger than it would otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is like indicative of like the new age is like surround yourself in light. And then now age is like, right. I'm me Mm -hmm. dark patches and all. Yeah. Right. And so, um, one of the things that I love about like some of the parallels that we're seeing is that I think that the now age in summary is about pragmatism. I think there are some cons. I think that there is a lot of people kind of jumping onto the bandwagon and it's a lot about manifestation and kind of consumerism and like, how do you appear? And I think that there are a lot of people who are in the now age who are like in this new wave of spiritualism or spirituality who aren't, no, I'm not going to judge them. They're doing what they're doing. You mean the man, people who are using quote unquote, using spirituality and shadow work just for manifestation purposes. Is that new age or now age? No, they're using it just to get followers. Like they're just, they're do, you know, that's what I'm more talking about is that like the combination of technology and social media and spirituality. It's a social media thing. It's like, how do you do this? Some people are completely genuine. And I think that, that it's easy to tell. And some people just aren't like, I don't know. I I guess for me, it's funny. You're, you're indicative of um, like your, your indication that someone is like well realized is that they don't fidget. Mm-hmm. And mine is that they don't preen themselves. They don't like groom themselves on camera all the time. It's really, really hard not to do that. But, um, oh, yeah. But that's just my prejudice. There's uh, an amazing book. What we're seeing is that there's an intersectionality. And for those of y'all who don't know that term, it's a social justice term, but it's a, this idea that like people who are women and black will have a tendency to have more against them than people. Like there's an intersectionality of like being a woman, which is like not equal to men most of the time and being a person of color that then creates an intersectionality, which makes it then that you have it even worse. Like it's basically like almost a summation effect. That's not the best explanation of intersectionality. What I love right now is that like, especially in Atlanta, like the, the black community coming together with spirituality is just like, it's, it's so, they're just like leading the way in so many different ways. And that's like one of the things about new, the now age is that it is about intersectionality in the sense that like the different cultures that exist that are doing the spirituality may have different takes on it. There's a really great book called stay woke. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which talks about like blackness and what talks about that in relation to meditation and all these different meditation practices. So it's like, I think there's some really interesting stuff that's coming up in the now age and it's all wrapped up in this kind of cultural revolution that I think that we're in the middle of and we won't even recognize until later, though in some ways it is obvious because the now age is all about being pragmatic. It's all about being like, how do I use my spirituality in the world to get where I need to go to get what I want or just to be myself, right? Or mm-hmm. to quiet my mind or to do all the things that, like to get rid of the distractions. What I was going to say is that one of the really great things in last as we, as we um, close up here is that psychedelics, so fascinating. Psychedelics first came out like LSD and stuff first came out back in the 70s. And now microdosing of both psilocybin mushrooms and LSD, as well as the use of psychedelics to do like major psychiatric and psychological transformations oh, yeah. in people. People are microdosing is big. Yeah, is all coming up. And plus you're having edibles that are available. Like there's just so many parallels between the two times. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, so this is a, qu- a quote by Ruby Warrington, who actually runs a podcast called The Now Age, I think, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. She says, on a spiritual level, I think that technological advances of the now age are literally showing and reminding us that we are all connected, something that the most ancient spiritual texts all talk about. When they reference the life force energy that flows through and connects all living things. Hopefully, operating from this place of connectedness will make us all more conscious of our choices, thoughts, words, and actions. So she's pointing out there that the now age is about connectedness um, more than anything, which obviously parallels the technological state that we're in. So I wanted to end with a quote, and I can't remember who said it, and I can't find it verbatim, but it says something like, in regards to LSD or microdosing, it says, drugs allow you to look into the window of God's home, but meditation brings you to the door and lets you come and eat at God's table. And I thought that that's like a really... That's awesome. Great example of like, yeah, you can take shortcuts, but ultimately yeah, the deep self-reflection is going to take you to the ultimate. So I actually had a trip once that showed that very thing, which is why I really love the quote. I had this vision of um, like heaven was like above and like the ground was below. And there were all these people who were trying to get to heaven and the experience of heaven. And there was one person who had piled up books and was trying to climb up the books to get to heaven, but they were still like really far away and they couldn't reach it Mm because no matter how much they tried, they were still just in their mind. And then there were others who were taking drugs and what they were doing was they were doing this really weird, like flippy thing. It was like they were on the ground, then they were in heaven, then they were on ground, then they were in heaven. It was Uh like you were like, you were just oscillating at this place. You were like portaling between them, but you weren't actually staying in either place for very long. And then the last one was like, the person was just meditating and like doing the work themselves and they weren't just like trying to bypass it. Steady staircase up. And oh yeah. And they were just like, they were in both places at the same time. They were so big that they were in both places at the same time. Oh wow. How cool is that? It was a cool, it was a cool trip. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for this. Yeah. Yeah. Just in summary, this is more just an informational session, but you know, it's one of those things that say like, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. This stuff evolves and the new age is not necessarily like, If you don't like parts of stuff, just don't do that part and find how it's evolved over time. And, you know, we have a tendency to just say there's this there is a lot going on right now with people saying that the new age is very big on picking up conspiracy theories along with like the QAnon type people. And I find 
I find that that's like, for me, it's disturbing to hear that because I, I think that that's like a very blank generalization about people who are new age. But I also think that there's a lot in the new age that feels very conspiracy theorist, you know, like when you get into aliens and when you get into kind of like all these really far off things of like channeling a being from another, you know, planet, QAnon, if anything, is just holding up something that the new age has done forever. If you want to know what I'm like, if you know what I'm saying. And so like, I just think that you shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Believe what you want to believe until you don't believe it anymore. And just like allow your stuff to allow yourself to evolve. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Spiritual Fix. If you have any comments or questions about this episode or any questions that you want for us to answer, please be sure to email us at this.spiritual.fix at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. This.spiritual.fix. Be sure to like and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast to. It helps people find us. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.